Thanks for being with us for the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Coming to you following the 23-18 victory over the Steelers in which we are, uh, well, if we had dumb, dumb, and dumber and dumbest. <laughs> Not a lot of sleep in this room right now. I can uh, cover all those areas, Wolf, brother. Uh, Wolf arrived a little earlier this afternoon on that charter. Um, uh, glad to have you back safely, Wolf. That had it's, to be a little frightening of a situation. Quite the it was, experience. It was, it was quite an experience, but man, oh man, when they broke out the donuts this morning and the, and the breakfast pizza, I was like, well, we can hang here for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it a little better, huh? And uh, Matt Williamson on what, prop, maybe six hours of sleep is probably the best we got. So, uh, and I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for being with us. And, uh, not, that you're, rock, man. Yeah. not that you're not always the best we got, Matt, because... <laughs> Because you are. Uh, 23 to 18, the Steelers uh, win. Thanks for being with us on DVE and uh, Steelers Nation Radio. Let's just take a, a bird's eye view. Wolf, your thoughts on what you saw and the fact that the Steelers are now 2-1 and one in, in first place in the AFC North. We got a bird's eye view, period, last night. <laughs> yeah, you were that, way up there. That Yeah, I mean, you, you talk box. about an Allegiant Stadium. That is so high up. Hmm. But I, I'll tell you, this that stadium was so full of Steelers fans. Again, Steelers Nation travels so well and they are so together i mean those towels were just a going man and i was just so impressed and i could tell when i talked to the boys afterwards they just all were like wow that's really cool you go on the road and you're in vegas and it's the big show and everything and you see those towels going and i think it gave them a lot of juice going into the game and uh, there were a lot of things happening the biggest thing overall that i i really love was the proliferation of the chunk plays continues you know, we saw it and in, in sporadically in the first game, second game more, and even more now, I think, and especially when Kenny unloaded that 72 gem of a throw to Calvin Austin the third, who, you know, I think all three generations of Calvin Austin's <laughs> took off on that sprint. Man. <laughs> he went through all three gears of generations there and caught that baby. And that, to me, was, was really one of the stories of the game. And again, and hats off to Presley Harbin who absolutely dominated special teams with kicking the, the snot out of that ball. Let me tell you, he was something. And we're going to get on all those subjects, but before I get to you, Matt, quick aside on that throw by Kenny Pickett, he got drilled. Yeah, He got drilled yeah. and stood in there and threw it right on the money. And that's a ball where, obviously, if it's overthrown, it's incomplete. If it's underthrown, it's a, it's a good gain, but it's not a 72-yard touchdown. He stood in the pocket and delivered an absolute strike and got crushed after that throw. There's no question about it. And one of the things I, I really love about Kenny is his willingness to stand in there, to let the route develop, and to throw the ball. I know that I, at times you can, it's, a, it's a tough balance between hanging in there and hanging too long and then getting sacked or, or delivering the ball too late. But when you get that, that confluence of good things flying, meaning the receivers understanding what the quarterback wants to see, the quarterback understands what – he wants to see and, and where the receiver will be. Man, it comes together, and that was beautiful. And, and You know, you just call Kenny Captain Courageous, but I mean, that was just a great job was hanging in there. Everybody likes that, too, on the team. Everybody loves oh, yeah. to see that. Linemen yeah. love to see it. Everybody loves to see a quarterback yeah. who's going to stand in there. Um, on your podcast, uh, Scouts, I, I think it was your Scouts Eye podcast, right? <laughs> There's I mean, so many. It's there hard are, to tell there you. Are, there are a few. Go, <laughs> go check out Matt's uh, podcast. Um but, you know, you mentioned a practical – one of the practical natures of, of the Steelers fans. I mean, it's, it's sort of an intangible thing, a feeling thing that the crowd's behind you and the crowd's into it on the road. 
but the Raiders had to use a timeout, as you mentioned, because yeah. of the crowd noise on offense. Yeah, insane. And they were using silent count at one point, too, just because they couldn't you know, hear each other. I mean, so hats off, as Wolf said, to Steeler Nation. I'm sure everybody had a blast even before the game, the day before, hung out in Vegas. And, you know, it, it, it really goes a long way, I'm sure, with the players. But especially, I mean, but even as you mentioned, just – the functionality of the game. You can't, you can't hear, you know I mean? So that was tremendous, a, a great energy. And as you guys mentioned with Kenny, I thought he took a nice step forward. I mean, the, the first two defenses they played are continuing to show that they're elite. Yes. You should take a step forward against these guys. And you did. The run game looked a lot cleaner. Pickett looked better and better. And one thing that I really thought was impressive was the Steelers really controlled the second and third quarters, the meat and potatoes of the of the game, when scripting's done and all that, and you got to feel for your opponent. The middle of the game really belonged to the Steelers. He talked. He called it the middle eight, um, which, which reminded me of what yeah. that's what the Beatles used to call their uh, their their bridge sections, the middle eight. Uh, okay. the, yeah. So that, I don't know if that was a Beatles reference or just. Uh, um, the middle eight, they talk about the, yeah. the last four minutes in right. the first half and the in the next four minutes in the second half. Like, yeah. yeah, like the the Brady Patriots were dominant in the middle eight. You know, they would close you out, and and really, it was like the middle thirty for the Steelers, though. Second right. quarter and third quarter, and those are obviously important. Finishing the first yeah. the first half strong, and then starting the second half strong. A lot of times, games kind of hinge on what happens there, or that's a team. Well, that's gets, why they defer. You know, right. I mean, you guys yeah, defer. Yeah. Get the ball. You know, that's that's the whole thing in a nutshell. But do you know what the Steelers, as Matt said and pointed out, they were really terrific in that period of time. And I thought some of the young guys on the defense, Keanu Benton, oh, my heavens. Yeah. This guy is just – he is a he is a, a, a heartbreaker and a widowmaker in the making here. This guy has just got some really good stuff going for him. He And DeMarvin Leal, who I like to call Wreck-It Ralph, I saw him this morning as we were walking away, or this afternoon, I'm sorry. You know, I laugh because, you know, he, he lives up to that, that persona of Wreck-It Ralph. Sometimes he just gets in there and blows things up. I don't, sometimes I don't think he even knows where the, what's exactly going on. But by golly, if there's a, another shirt around with wearing different colors, he's going to blast that thing, you know? Well, when you talk about that, and we're going to jump around a little bit, I guess. Um, well, that's I, I where my want, mind is right, I, right no, now. I mean, I got to tell you. That's fine. Uh, we're going to play Frogger, uh, mental Frogger here. Yes. Uh, and we'll get back to some of those um, – We'll get back to some of those, some of the points on offense. But I thought it was interesting that you know you're you're talking about a team playing a lot of base defense, a, a lot of uh, two down, you know, two guys in the in the middle uh, with their hand in dirt. Ogan Joby getting plenty of snaps, Montrevious Adams getting plenty of snaps, and then the next two guys who look like they're ascending. And I don't think it's a big surprise, but you know Isaiah Loudermilk is a guy that. Got, had the fewest amount of sacks. Right? You're, you're talking about Leal and Benton. Leal had his first career sack last week. Matt Benton gets his first sack this week. And it looks like maybe with those two guys, the Steelers are identifying as they transition. First of all, guys that can help now, mm-hmm. guys that should be better, like the offense, which we'll circle back to in weeks 16, 17, and 18 this season. Um, but maybe our, you know, maybe you're looking at the next wave of you know, defensive linemen, you know, you had Aaron Smith and Brett Kiesel, and then you had, you know, you had Cam Hayward and Stefan Tewitt, and now maybe it's going to be these guys. Next? Yeah, I 100% agree. And Benton in particular to me has me very excited. I mean, I, I really think he can be Tyson Alualu plus. You know, I mean, he can play nose. He can play defensive tackle in the four-man front. 
he's just scratching the surface of what it's going to what he can do his power his get off his change of direction when he keeps his pads down which is more often than not anymore that was one of my knocks on him coming out of Wisconsin like the only knock cuz sometimes we'll get a little high with his pads but he's playing 25 30 snaps a game i think that's going to keep going up and some other you know herbig coming off the bench porter's contributing He's a second-year guy, but Mark Robinson got involved on the second level early. a little bit, too. Yeah. yeah, like on purpose, not right. because somebody got hurt or whatever. Yeah, he was playing early yeah. in this game, which I, which I thought was interesting. Don't forget Marcus Golden. Marcus Gold- dog yeah. came How about two people. sacks in two weeks for Marcus Golden as your third pass rusher? What a luxury you know what? that is. That is Golden. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Golden, yeah. It is. <laughs> Come on, it it's low-hanging fruit. No, that's Had good. To go that's there. good oh, stuff. That. That's all I got. You know, we talked about this um, on uh, the matchup uh, presented by Unibit with, uh, with Dale Lolly and mm-hmm. Matt and myself. Um, you know, on some of the SNR, uh, the Steelers social media platforms about Jimmy Garoppolo, not a good quarterback under pressure. And yes, you want to get the pressure from the edges, but you almost know you're going to get that. Mm -hmm. The question now without Cam Hayward Wolf is, are you going to get that push up the middle? They got it against the Browns. They got in Deshaun Watson's face all game long. We talked about it last week. Ogan Joby was fabulous. Uh, DeMarvin Leal had his first career sack. Well, that continued that pressure up the middle. And I think you know, quarterbacks is one thing if you can step away and and into or away from the edge uh, pressure, but if you have pushback in the interior part of your line, you can't step up. There's nowhere to go. That pressure is going to affect you, and you see it coming right at you. Well, again, the outside edge rushers they account for the width of the pocket. The inside rushers they account for the depth of the pocket, and it's the two. Uh, joining together, well, four, I can't even count now. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, you understand yeah. what I'm talking sure, about. They squeeze the pocket, you know what I mean? And that's that's really where the Steelers are now able with Highsmith and uh, along with TJ, I'm with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith, the, the dynamic duo that they present is really something. They squeeze that pocket. I mean, Alex Highsmith last night didn't get a sack, but several times he came and made Garoppolo step up and step into harm's way or unload the ball early just because he was so close. And you know Garoppolo, there's a couple times, TJ got him on the ground. But a couple other times, he just knew 90's coming. He knew oh, it. And you could tell by his hurried way that he started moving, backpedaling away from that right side. And so you got people on the inside now with Joby, with, with uh, Benton, with uh, uh, Elijah Loudermilk, uh, with Montrevious Adams did some great work Agreed. last night. You yeah, know, good year. yeah, he's he hustles, do- man. He hustles, and yeah. he- and how many nose tackles you see making plays towards you know outside the the the, the uh, box there? You know, mm-hmm. he's out towards the, the numbers making plays. So, I en- I enjoy what I'm seeing right now. They've got to tighten things up still in my mind, but you know what? Another step forward, and that was important last night. There was a lot of factors pointing to the Raiders getting a win. It was their first home game. There was excitement for the Raiders. I mean, when we came into the Allegiant Stadium on the buses, they had their loyal Raider faithful, interesting crew that they are, might I add. <laughs> uh, I'll leave, bunch. It, I'll yeah, leave it yeah. at that. Yeah. Okay. But at the same time, you know, there was a lot of juice for the Raiders going into that game last night. But the Steelers overcame it all, man. It's interesting. Oakland had a reputation for – a certain uh, type of fan, let's say. Can I t- and evidently there's quite a few of those that I don't know if they moved to Vegas or it's something <laughs> Let in the me Raiders. Say this. I'll tell you a real quick small story, but Matt Millen was a good friend of mine. He didn't play against Matt many times, you know, Penn State, and, of course, the great uh, Oakland Raider that he was, Matt, when he went out and he was drafted by the Raiders, he said he said he'd go to the games and he comes out and there's a whole group of Hells Angels outside there that, are, that were – 
you know, fans of the Raiders. And he said, I'd come out and they'd go, hey, man, way to go. And they're like, you know, and he said, hi, hi, hey, hi, hey, hey. And he just <laughs> kind of move on by him. Like, thank you, thank you. Right, yeah. It was really funny the way he <laughs> described it, you know. But they do have some interesting fans. Yeah, they do. And uh, But luckily for the Steelers, they had a, a ton of fans in this game. And, you know, Matt, I, again, um, you know, in talking with you, uh, through several different things, listening to your podcasts all week. You know, you were talking about the edge rushers they've faced. They have faced elite edge rushers, and you said you thought Max Crosby and the elite three or four guys, he was in that next group behind him. Well, they've also faced, and we could talk a little bit about that, but they've also faced some pretty darn good wide receivers. Now, a lot of teams have them, um, but Devontae Adams was incredible. I mean, you have incredible. you have a pair, certainly, and, and, and different kinds of weapons in San Francisco. You have Amari Cooper who's an awfully good receiver in Cleveland. And then you have Devontae Adams, who I think might be a step above even those guys that we just talked about. Yeah, I think he's the best receiver they faced. And, and we saw the damage Ayuk did. You know, Debo Samuel's obviously a, a great one as well. Cooper had a big day yesterday. But, you know, we were talking about, like, ranking edge rushers. Well, I think that there's four at the top. There's TJ, there's Garrett, there's Bosa, Nick, and Micah Parsons. And I think Crosby's right behind them. In terms of receivers, I would probably put Tyreek and Justin Jefferson ahead of Devontae Adams, but that's about it. I mean, he's these are elite, elite players, and I don't use that word you know lightly at all. And all those guys, you know, that we just mentioned at the top of their game, the Watt, obviously, who's on pace for thirty-four sacks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's just let's just Not throw that bad. out there. Sure. And Crosby and Adams may have outshined all, all you know both those dudes. He was phenomenal in this game, which is worrisome. I mean, when you play in this league, the Jamar Chases, Cooper, you know, there's going to be elite receivers. See how the Steelers handle them going forward. And I think that's a great point because Wolf, I think everybody wants to talk about I certainly do about the offense hopefully being a work in progress and and it's very young. You have mm-hmm. a lot of young guys. Right. You have your your money and your years invested in the defense and you want to make sure that that also gets better because there are areas on the defense, it need to be tightened up as well. Well, there's no question about it. I hats off to Levi Wallace. Levi Wallace has had a couple, you know, tough plays dropped on him. But look, that's that is a position where you got to have a short memory because you really run into some great wide receivers that Matt just talked about. You get locked on with those guys, and that can be a tough thing. And he fought through it. And last night, he did a nice job. Look, Devontae's going to get his catches. You're not going to shut him out. You know, but you've got to minimize the damage that he can do. And one of the ways that you minimize is that when you have the opportunity to snatch that ball and get a turnover, that's one of the ways that you can shut him down to the best of your ability because, again, you're not going to shut him out. You've got to minimize the damage. Crosby's another guy. Now, the thing about Crosby is he's not that big. I mean, he's 6'5", 255. Uh, he's, got, he's got more tattoos than he has hair, I think. But, you know, the fact is he is one of those guys, he's like um, – he comes at you like a Wolverine with his hair on fire. I mean, this guy is throwing uppercuts and swims and everything you can think of in a nonstop fashion. And the only thing that makes it difficult for him, he's got nobody complimentary to, to, to on the other side to help him out. It seemed like they made up for that a little bit by looping him and doing a little bit different things, not sure. just straight kind of edge rushing that you see with a lot of teams. Sure, that's what you're going to do. You're going to run the two-man games, the twists, the three-man games. And he found himself a couple times. A couple times I was wondering why Kenny was flushing to one side or the other. It seemed a little bit early. But, again, I'm sitting way high up in the stadium. He's down there in the pocket doing the deal. 
and the view is a lot different, you know, when you have those beefaloes around you trying to get at you. Well, that is they, one they thing. They threw some big oh, blitzes yeah. at them, too. What's that? They threw a couple big blitzes at them, too, yeah. not just five-man pressures. You know, some bigger blitzes came at them. Well, this Look Back segment was brought to you by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. The Steelers win by the final score of 23-18. to 18. This is The Point After, presented by Parks Casino. We'll be back with more on 102.5 WDVE, uh, WDVE and SNR Radio. This is The Point After, presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Steelers winning 23-18. Matt Williamson there in first place in the AFC North. And Kenny Pickett just had, by a pretty sizable margin, the highest quarterback rating he's ever had in his career, his first ever two-touchdown pass game. Yeah, and got more and more comfortable, spread the ball around quite well. I like that they're incorporating his legs on purpose and ad-libbing. You know, I mean, some of the rollout stuff that they're doing and boots and things of that nature, I think, plays to him very, very well, especially when there's a Crosby on the field to get away from, you know, especially and there's only one of them. Um, you know, he ad-libs well as a runner, two plays in a row, one comes back, and then he's like, oh, let's do it again, go get the first down that way. Um, Wolf briefly mentioned it, and I thought it got better as the game gone on, has gone on. But he can be quick to move. I mean, I'd like to see him. It's not a fear thing. Obviously, he has a toughness to hang right, in the pocket. Right, for sure. It's just getting a feel for an NFL pocket. Right after those two runs, mm-hmm. he did. I thought he stepped up, and he got he, get, he got rid of the ball. Mm-hmm. But I thought he stepped up when he didn't need to. But again, yeah. you know, nitpicking a little bit. Oh, sure. He's well, you know, we're expecting some growth, right? This is year two. We're expecting not only some growth, but some growth as the season progresses. And so, you know, I think that the preseason maybe got us a couple of moves ahead on the chessboard <laughs> to to where the team realistically was. And if you want a team that's going to slap you back to reality, the San Francisco 49ers are an excellent team to do that. Um, should should that be what you want? Really, frankly, who wants that? Um, and then you the Browns. Way. The Browns in week two. You know, I I think are I think we're going to look up at the end of the year, and this is going to be a highly rated, well thought of defense. Rob, if I can stop you yes. real quick through three weeks, the Browns defense in any number you look is a distant first. I mean, they're just destroying everybody. Right. Uh, they they they've only faced. Everyone knows the Steelers didn't get in the red zone against them. They have faced one snap in three games in the red zone. Teams don't wow. even get to the red zone against them. I yeah. mean, they're, what they're doing is pretty crazy right now. And, you know, this is also the part of the season in which we're dealing with limited data, right? Mm-hmm. So you're saying, well, are the Bengals really that good? You know, you, you dominated the Bengals, but are they really that good? And, you know, the Steelers aren't blah, blah, blah. You know, you, there's always a reason that you can use to justify the numbers. I mean, it's only until we get deep into the season to me that but I but I also think I think the numbers are great, but I think the eye test also shows no you right. and the moves they made in the offseason. You know, you pick up Tomlinson, you get a guy to pair in Zedarius Smith, mm-hmm. uh, to pair with Garrett. I mean yeah, to, to go with test. yeah, to yeah. go with what you know are already really good corners. I mean, mm-hmm. that's gonna be a good defense. Well yeah, think no, no. about this. Miles Garrett has never had a double digit sacker with him on the line. Right. Mm-hmm. That's you right. know? And that's that stats per Matt Williamson. <laughs> right. And the other thing is, you know, Tomlinson is one of those guys, kind of like we see with Ogan Joby and Cam Hayward. You know, not as much push certainly as Cam, but is the kind of guy that can 
you know, as you talked about, move that pocket, shorten the pocket, right? Now, we're not talking about width. We're talking about depth. Yes. Shorten the depth of that pocket by getting in a quarterback's face, which just helps an edge rusher as well. There's no question about it. One of the things that we miss with Captain Cam is the fact that when uh, invariably your center is going to sit to him. They're going to take the wall. Mm-hmm. They're going to do something trying to double team, you know, Cam. And the other thing that now it does when you got a guy like Larry Ogunjobi or Cedric Benton or Cedric Keanu Benton on the other side, that a gap that the center is vacating basically to one side when he goes after Cam is wide open for one of those vicious club to uppercut moves that both of those guys have. Ogunjobi is Ogunjobi just ruined Wyatt Teller in my opinion. And not I shouldn't say, but he played so well against a guy that I hold. I held Wyatt Teller in a lot of esteem, the right guard for the Cleveland Browns. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Larry O this past weekend about it, and he did. He played so well, but that's that's what you need. You've got to have these guys come through now because you've got those a gap capable guys. They've got to penetrate and do the job even without the the obvious you know, guy of, of Captain Cam being there. Yeah, I'm so glad, Matt, that nowhere in my life is it likely that I'm going to face a clubbed uppercut move. So I'm, <laughs> right. I, I must say I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm kind of grateful it, that's not really part of my life and my and my daily existence, Wolf. Well, the nice thing about it is you don't have to face the Joe Green clubbed uppercut to punch in the face and kick you while you're down. Oh, that sounds even better. <laughs> he yeah, might, he might just turn around and kick you on the way to the quarterback. You know, when, when you look at Kenny, and I think that um, – it is so people were, you know, have been saying, have been criticizing Matt Canada. We know that. Sure. People have been criticizing Kenny Pickett. We know that too. I, I still think that you have to take into account the two defenses they played. This looked no question more like what got them to seven and two down the stretch last year, what they did yesterday, sticking to the run game, making enough plays in the passing game, <clears throat> coming up with a couple of touchdowns in the passing game, which hadn't really been there. My question with this offense, it needs to be better than that, right? It, th- th- what they did last night was good, and it was better, and it helped them win games against teams that are similar to them or maybe a little bit below them. But that's not – and we have we saw it in week, you know, weeks one and two. That's not going to be good enough when you face an elite defense. That's not going to be good enough when you face an elite offense because at some point – you know, some offense is going to put a lot of points on you. You're going to have to match it. I'd like to think that this was a good step back in the right. You're back on the path. This is a step in the right direction. But I would also caution that it needs to get better. Steelers know it needs to get better. They're, they're not fooled by that. There were moments in this game, in the fourth quarter in particular, where in which the three and out, you couldn't have it. And you had a couple of, you had a couple of big ones. It, well, if they go on a 10-play drive – and the Steelers force the turnover on downs, they get the ball. That's where an offense, I hope, 10 weeks from now, marches down the field, takes a lot of time off the clock, punches it in the end zone, even kicks a field goal. Let's see, even kick a field goal. Now it's 26-7. to There's a minute 45 left on the clock, and it's not even a contest. And now you're looking up, they blew them out, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to they hung on by their fingernails a little right. bit and, and won this game and so and and then but see this is but the then, process the next, of learning but, but yeah, yeah, yeah I agree yeah, but so. then the, but then the next one then they had another three and out which immediately followed that and T J Watt talked after the end it was T J about the defense being a little gas well yeah ten plays three and out eleven plays three and out and they're back out there marching again trying to tie the game up there's no question about it look I always look at the, some of this as 
It's a journey, and you're learning each and every week as you play a game. You take something out of it, and hopefully you're gaining something that you you learn, but it doesn't cost you a, a victory. You know, it's the same thing. When Absolutely. I, I used yeah. to train boxers, okay? I had some pros. And one of the things you do in, in, in with Club your guys. uppercut coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've eaten a number of those in my life. Um, but the fact is what you do is you take your, your young boxer and your first 10 or so to 12 fights, you want to introduce him to an increasing level of competition, and you want to do things where you got guys that are, are brawlers, guys that um, are, are southpaws, guys that um, are, are they stay outside and, and they're going to jab sure. and run. and stuff. So that they experience all this as you proceed towards putting together a good fighter. In the same way, a football team has to encounter various uh, defenses, offenses, such as San Francisco and Cleveland, and then you run into, you know, you've got somebody like Las Vegas where they struggled to, to, to hold down the run, giving up 183 against the Buff Bills. They've been, what, you, you, you put out the thing, 84% completion rate. They oh, were giving up. Raiders, All right, yeah, so ridiculous. Yeah. yeah, and so you've got both of those, but you, you now you want to show balance. You want to get more balance. And one of the things I thought was so important in my mind was in the third quarter when they went on that touchdown drive and they got to Friermuth. They had um, three plays, three out of the six-play drive, and all three were under center, play action, 17-16 in the Friermuth touchdown. And that, to me, said, okay, they're understanding, they're really starting to increase Kenny's ability to be able to do the play action and be able to turn his back towards the defense and do the things that you can do. Um, and, and it was just a great job. I'm happy to see it was under center play action. I'm, 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 I'm really glad you pointed to that drive. Three runs, yeah. three passes, so yeah. you, you talk about the balance. Clearly, in my opinion, their best drive of the season. That's um, the best of my fuzzy plays, recollection. Right yeah, there. Six plays, 81 yards, I think it was. I mean, it was yeah. just it was crisp. Yeah. It was crisp. Yeah. It was authoritative. You thought, I, I thought as I was watching that, boy, if you could do that two more times a game, now you're talking about it, you know, while you're running the ball, and then you can come out and do that it was to what a they defense. Did in preseason. Right. Exactly. exactly. Right. So, again, you know, the mind sees or the eye sees what it wants to see. And I'll give you an example of that. Um, you know, if you're, if you're somebody who's criticizing Matt Canada, and uh, last night in the broadcast it was pointed out um, by uh, Chris Collinsworth that the Steelers twice went under center, ran motion away, and Marcus Peters is like, it's a run. And he just crashed down, and he yep. hit Najee. You know, Najee just got the ball five yards in the backfield, and he gets he's immediately getting hit right. by Marcus Peters because that was predictable. Now, the question for me is that I don't know the answer to is, is that a play that Matt Canada, you know, needs to change? Is that a play that Kenny Pickett needs to get out of? Um, because clearly that's not going to work, right? Yeah. That that play is not right. going to work. So one of two things needs to happen. That needs to be scrapped by Matt Canada, or that needs to be changed Check out of by Kenny right. Pickett. And I, I don't know. I, I can't tell you I know the answer is to. I don't know if any of us would know that <laughs> one, you know, right. unless you're in the building. Right, yeah, right. exactly. Right. Unless you gotta you're be in the, in the building. huddle. Right, you have to yeah. be in the building um, you know. to know that. But I, I, I love that drive. Uh, you said crisp. The word mm-hmm. I wrote down on my notes was authoritative. It just looked like. Okay, this is what we want to do. This is what we want to accomplish. This is a glimpse. Now, again, the caveat has to be that this is not coming against an outstanding defense. However, um, you just played two outstanding defenses, so you know you 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 know you know where you need to go to, but at least you're seeing what you're capable of 
at some level against some level of competition. Yeah, and you did get a taste of the best defenses. So you know what is expected to get to the top level. And I I like the boxing analogy too, but unfortunately – the NFL gives you this schedule you have to play. You don't get Coach Wolf to say, you can fight him, and then we'll get you this guy, and then we'll get you a, a brawler, you know, and get it all set up. So they throw Mike Tyson at you right away, you know, two weeks in a By row. By the way, he was there last night. I heard. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 pretty cool. That was interesting. Yeah. Did you get a chance to talk to him? No, I didn't. I would have loved to. <laughs> Me you know? too. Oh, man. yeah. Such an interesting guy. Yeah, yeah. He, he is an interesting guy. Yeah. That's, a, that's for sure. You know, um, w- when I look at that, uh, when I look at, the offense, and I look at the progression and where you want to be. Again, maybe maybe we were fooled a little bit by how good it looked in the offseason, in the preseason, and the chatter up at camp about how good it was looking and the different things that they were trying to do. The important thing is, as you mentioned, Wolf, to win games while you're learning and getting better. But but there does need to be – it does need to get better. And and yeah. what what is – you know, what the reasons – uh, are for that. You know, I was watching at the end of the game and it, it occurred to me, you know, as they're giving the ball to Najee Harris and trying to hopefully run out the clock, you know, they had the two runs on that, uh, on the uh, three and out. I think it was the second three and out possession. And then the incomplete, uh, I believe is an incomplete pass. Um, you know, that early on in Ben Roethlisberger's career, I, I, I suspect that in those situations, and again, not to compare Kenny Pickett to a guy who's going into the Hall of Fame. Right. But you turned around and you gave the ball to Jerome. Right, and then mm-hmm. you hoped three runs get you a first down, and you just begin to kill the clock. But you might have to complete a short pass later on in your career. Um, you know, maybe that the the focus changes, and we got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Oh, we don't have to. We don't have to throw the ball. We don't have to run the ball here. And go we, make a play. Yeah, go make a play, yeah, yeah. and and you know, go make a play on first down, and go pick up fifteen yards and get them back on their heels, and then chew up a little more clock or make them use a timeout or whatever. I don't think that they're quite at that point of the evolution where you can necessarily say, go to it. Or maybe they don't feel comfortable with it. Or maybe I'm reading too much into what I was watching last night. <laughs> Again, I, I don't know the answer to that question. I, well, the, the answer is going to be as we watch Kenny grow. What did we start off this year talking about? The Steelers will go as Kenny grows. I mean, that's the way it is. You look at these guys. You can't win in this league without a franchise-capable quarterback. You just can't. I mean, there's, there's the, the days of uh, Trent Dilfer and the overwhelming defense are pretty much behind I agree. you. I totally All right? agree. So you've got to have a guy that can step up and show that he's capable of growing. And by golly, what Kenny did when he launched that 72-yarder, my heavens, what a beautiful throw right in the teeth of the defense, doing what you needed to do, and getting he's getting better each and every week a little bit. Okay? Yeah, I don't expect him to play and be Ben Roethlisberger. You know, <laughs> Hall of Famers, you know, the like Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green being brought in to immediately assume the responsibility of filling in for Marquise Pouncey, who's going to be a Hall of Famer as well. That's a tough load. That is a hard, heavy load to carry. And the same thing for Kenny. It's just, it's difficult. You know, those, those, those franchise quarterbacks are few and far in between. But the fact is, he's showing me, at least in my eyes, the progress. And I love the fact that he got out and used his legs I, I, I like rolling the pocket, but Dad Gummit, he's capable of tucking and go. And what a stab in the heart of a defense when you can pull off that, what was it, a 27 yarder, though it got called back because of the illegal shift. That was a stab in the heart 
of that defense. And those are the, the, the extracurricular hidden yardage, is that what you call mm-hmm. them, Matt? Yeah, Stuff yeah. like that that he can bring to task. Without question. And uh, let's not forget, we saw a lot of this during, what, a eight-game stretch last year. I mean, against good competition. I was like, oh, their schedule wasn't as hard. It still wasn't easy. I mean, no, you're it's still solid. playing NFL. Te- yeah, right. I mean, you're yeah. playing NFL teams and divisional games. He wasn't turning the ball over. He was making high-level throws. He's making plays with his feet. A lot of third and longs they were converting over a two-month stretch. I mean, this isn't one game or a small sample size last year. And we can talk scheme, and there are some scheme things that I thought were encouraging. When they used play action, a lot more in-breaking routes than last year, attacking the middle of the field. But scheme aside, and I think we had this conversation just a week ago, through two games – they didn't really block anyone in the running game, and the quarterback didn't hit open receivers. Well, <laughs> you can kind of live with one or the other, kind of. You can't live with both. Well, what's that called, Matt? Execution. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, you know. But did any of us worry about Kenny's accuracy, big picture? I didn't. I always think that's going to be a strength of his. Oh, I always thought yeah. it would be. Now, he showed me a little. I mean, in the last couple of games, the first two playing elite defenses, it was a yeah. little more of a struggle. It was. And part of that is the pass protection, the lack of the run game. Mm-hmm. Those, All those factors – come together you know you can't just sit there and go well he's a little more inaccurate well well let's see the the, the pass rush is pretty elite mm-hmm. you know um the, the coverage people better, yeah right? and yeah. you're not you're not running the ball so you're putting a lot of pressure on kenny so yeah. these things all they, they kind of mitigate that and you have to understand that and it's not that you make excuses but certainly you can understand when those factors arise and they're bigger than uh, in the first two weeks than they are in the third week I, see okay oh, real quick i thought his in the first two games, I thought his feet and lower body mechanics got wonky at times, too. He was much cleaner from the waist down, I thought. In this and wonky is a highly technical that's, term, that's by the way. That's the scouting community heavily. Yeah. <laughs> confidence, I think. I think I think confidence plays a big part in no that, doubt. don't you? No doubt. Yeah. Uh, blocking schemes, personnel combinations, special teams still to come. The Steelers win 23-18 to 18 to improve to 2-1 and one in the season. You're listening to The Point After on 102.5 WDBE and Steelers Nation Radio. This is the point after presented by Parks Casino. Is today your lucky day? Bet Parks by Brian Patton and Associates. It's all about the benefits. And by the Steelers Pro Shop. Get it direct from the team at shop.steelers.com. Alongside Craig Wolfley and Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks very much for being with us uh, following the Steelers' 23-18 victory over the Raiders last night on Sunday Night Football. Wanted to get to a couple of other points from this game that you know, we're encouraging. They stuck with the running game, much like they did as we talked about last year, you know, going seven and two down the stretch. They stuck with the run. They stuck with the run. And the blocking schemes, Wolf, different. Uh, they went, seemed like they went away from the zone blocking into more double teams and, and man up blocking. And it was effective. That's what I wanted to ask you, too. I thought yeah. their double teams were much better Progressively than Progressively got yeah, better yeah. throughout the night. And they did a nice job. I mean, Mason Cole, along with James Daniels or Isaac Samalu, what a nice job. And, you know, and I've talked about some of the, the, the lackings they've had in the first two games. Did just great jobs of moving people. They got in their face. They got the ham hocks churning. They got the, the second-level guy. They did such a great job on, on an awful lot of the plays. And my hat's off to them because that's the progression that you want to see. And it's great and astute point by you in pointing out that the double teams were the key. And moving. Now, Simolo is a guy that 
you, know, you, you bring him in with he has a reputation of a tough guy, kind of a a brawler in the middle. And I I always think of man blocking when I think of that less than zone blocking, um, which is you know a, a different kind of blocking. I would think a different kind of mentality. When you go from more zone blocking to more man blocking, that's what it looked like to me. Again, I, you know, I'm not a coach, but some of it is intermixed too. So, you know so what I mean? right, sure. So the question I would have is: Is that based upon the opponent you're facing? Is that based upon your personnel? Who makes that decision ultimately? Is it the offensive line coach Pat Meyer? Is it um, Matt Canada? Do they work in conjunction. Is that part of the game the plan? How, okay, so it's all the yeah. above. You know, they factor in so many things. But what you want to do is primarily when you when you see who the inner workings are of your defensive line, and if it's going to be a three-man front, four-man front, or five-man front, what have you, you then start to formulate and find out who the peakers are, the guys that get a little bit high, and you go after them. And, you know, you get a book on the guys. I mean, every, everybody's got a book on everybody that's played in any length of time in this league. You know, it, it, when I gave up a couple sacks on Monday Night Football, when I was uh, in my first year of starting, and I remember because uh, I screwed up the whole thing, and I think I set a record for getting benched the most times in one game, <laughs> you know. But I remember my line coach said, you know, this Mike U game that gave me problems inside three four linebacker with a twist, and uh, he said, he said, Greg, until you stop this, you're going to be haunted by it. Every defensive coordinator in the NFL now has a video of what got at, got you on the bench. All right. You've got to make a stand and make sure that you stop it. Very next game, we played the New Orleans Saints. And four times, three times in the first half and one time in the third quarter, they ran this Mike U game. Fortunately, I was able to shut the water off and didn't see it anymore after that. Um, but it, it just tells you. They got, they're very specific. They smell blood in the water. Oh, if you can't hit the curveball, you get the curveball. Right. <laughs> I mean, these guys yeah. know well, so That's much. why I played right. football, because I couldn't hit anything smaller right. than a person. People don't think about that. Couldn't hit nothing. I even struck out in T-ball. See if you did that. <laughs> Rob, real quick on that, though. Yeah. I mean, last year, they were about 3-1 to one zone to man. Okay. Through the first two games, they were about 50-50, for better or worse. I mean, well, it's mostly worse. But, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to have a set ratio. I'm just letting people know. And we, I do a Thursday show with Mike Pursuta and Merrill Hodge. In the last two weeks, previewing these games, Merrill has really said when, when he was a player, you know, old school Steeler football, and I'm sure Wolf can attest to this too, when things weren't going well with the offense, we found our bread and butter run plays. You know, two or three that we're going to specialize in. We're going to major in duo or outside zone, whatever it is, and you get back to them. And I thought they did more of that in this game. You know, I think one of the other things, too, Matt, and you you do a lot of looking at, you know, are you running against seven or eight-man boxes, that sort of thing. I mean, so, first of all, the very first play of the game, Najee gets a handoff, breaks three tackles, <laughs> bounces it outside, stiff arms another guy, and it's a five-yard gain. And, I, you know, I know there are people out there that, you know, Jalen Warren hits the hole fast. There's two completely different styles of runner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like them both, frankly. I'm a big Najee fan. I always I, oh, was happy, but – Man, oh man, do you do you have to break three tackles to get back to the line of scrimmage? Sometimes, then again, you see Warren hit the hole faster. I think they're a good one-two combination. I, I also think, you know, Matt, when you talk about you talked about how they were able to run effectively against eight-man boxes. Normally, mm-hmm. uh, you know, when you see a seven-man box, you want to run. You know, depending on the personnel you have in the field, but you have a mm-hmm. kind of a standard set. You'd run the ball against seven uh, guys in the box. You throw the ball against eight guys in the box. I would imagine that as the Steelers' offense progresses, 
the passing game gets better, they maybe see more favorable run looks. Or maybe, again, as we talked about a segment or two ago, the conjunction of Kenny growing and and getting more comfortable and maybe even Matt Canada giving him more responsibilities to check out of certain plays is only going to help the running game. In the meantime, the ability to be effective enough against different looks, that's what you know gave the Steelers their sort of bedrock of success in the last half of last year, and I thought it was what gave them the bedrock of success in last night's win. 100%. And so last year, we, we knew it was kind of a tale of two, two seasons last year, of course. But crunching the numbers, as I've been known to do from time to time, <laughs> they saw a ton of eight-man boxes. You know, that shouldn't shock anyone, obviously. But we know the Steelers' running game really lacked explosive runs, 20-yarders, you know, big plays. But they were either first or second in the league at not having negative plays. Mm -hmm. I mean, so they were consistently getting at least something positive, even against eight-man boxes. And on a per-rush basis versus eight-man boxes, they really weren't bad. And they got to be pretty darn good at it. It's just a tough way to live in this league. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that's the fine line is maybe you can't do that against the Browns and Niners. You know what I mean? Like, that's a tough way to live. I understand, too, that, you know, to quote the great Russ Grimm, who was a great offensive line coach besides being a Hall of Fame player, the eighth man, oh, that's the backs man. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know what I mean? Right. Make him miss. Yep, make him miss. Yeah. You know, and uh, one of the other things that happens with when when you're looking at this offense and – you know, in your first half against San Francisco, you go three and out, three and out, interception, three and out, three and out of the interception just to provide some variety. Um, is that you don't get a chance to get on a drive. You don't get a chance to look at the different personnel mm-hmm. combinations that we've been so eager to see. How are you going to use Connor Hayward? How are you going to use Darnell Washington? Are we going to see Broderick Jones in a jumbo package? Um, you know, back when you had Deontay Johnson healthy, how are you going to use Calvin Austin? Um, so, uh, you know, obviously Deontay Johnson is out, but it's still when you start to get some success, Wolf, you begin to be able to use some of these combinations that you want to use. So, again, I would like to think that this game was a good first step, and we're going to see more of the playbook open. We're going to see things in which the Steelers are dictating or, you know, I like a, an offense that can dictate, obviously, but also – Okay, you want to play it that way? Well, we'll beat you there. Oh, you want to play it this way? Well, we'll beat you doing that. So we, we'll run the ball. We'll throw the ball. Obviously, those are the best offenses. But, you know, at least we were able to see a little bit of what this offense could be last night. There's no question. And it's going to continue to grow because you're going to add factors in as players gain experience. They understand where they fit in in the offense and they understand their own particular attributes they bring to the game that they can use to do whatever, you know, whether it's an offensive lineman, a tight end, a running back, what have you, a secondary guy. What? But, you know, here's the thing that I, I love to see. It's about growth. You know, and I know that Matt Canna unduly gets a lot of grief. Okay, but you go back a couple games, and what do you got? You got that third and five, uh, with third and three, whatever it was in the third quarter uh, with Kenny, and Kenny had the, the handoff and they got sacked. Remember that mm-hmm. one a couple games ago? What did he do on a third and one? I'm sorry, that's what it was, a third and one. And then a third and one last night, what did they do? They did the tush-push. All right, they came along, and they put a guy in motion, came behind Kenny, and they put, hey, great, okay? A little too complicated in the second game 
So in the third game, streamline it and get the first down. Okay, what what they had going on with one man, you know, Darnell Washington coming one way, a fake handoff to Najee the other. They run a Mike Me, that being um, San Francisco, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Or was it Cleveland? No, it was Cleveland. No, it was Cleveland. It was Cleveland. Yep. Yes, okay. So you've got that whole situation there, and it just overcomplicated thing. Get the first down. Yep. And that's what they got last night. Well, and, and, and it's interesting, too, because we've talked about this as well. When you're, when you're moving the sticks, right, and you're Pat Mahomes and you miss a pass, well, he got nine more of them coming. Uh, when you're going three and out and you miss a pass, it looms large, right? right. Or, or you miss a blocking assignment no or those question. kind of things. Of course, the, the two build on each other, right? You miss a pass, you miss a blocking assignment. That's also why you go three and out. J- just real quick before we go, because we did say this. You know, I think that we talk about the offense getting better, the defense continuing to do what they're doing, but this is a second awesome week for Presley Harvin and Chris Boswell. We cannot forget the specialist. Boswell's three for three with a 57-yarder, and Harvin is constantly changing the field position last night. Huge reasons, I thought, that the Steelers, they shouldn't be overlooked. Big reasons the Steelers won that game. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it. I mean, Bos looks as steady as a rock and dependable as ever. doesn't matter what distance. And Harvin's come a long way. Consistency's always been the thing with him, but, I mean, it seems like he's getting a better grasp and has a huge leg. For the most complete selection of Steelers merchandise from official sideline gear and authentic memorabilia to our extensive selection of jerseys and terrible towels, visit one of the official Steelers Pro Shop stores located at Akershire Stadium, Grove City Premium Outlets, or Tanger Outlets, or visit us online at shop.steelers.com for all your Steelers merchandise needs directly from the team. I'll see you for the matchup on Thursday. Yep. Wolf, uh, when are we seeing you or hearing from you again? I can't think right now. <laughs> <laughs> Go well, get a nap, bud. Tur- keep it on SNR Radio. You'll hear them plenty. Uh, Steelers win 23-18 to improve to 2-1. to one. For Craig Wolfley, Matt Williamson, I'm Rob King. Thanks for listening on 102.5 WDVE and Steelers Nation Radio. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.